0: Welcome
1: to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. So it's the game show that Javon loves to hate. Mm-hmm. Black like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the show, game show I give Javon 10 questions to get five right. And she gives to keep her black card for another week.
0: I'm ahead by a week.
1: Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's just like uh real real life rules. Hey, your color gets you deducted. Anywho, today the ten questions are gonna be about black sitcoms from the nineties. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. First question. What city did Sinclair move from in Living Single? Living Single?
0: I have no idea.
1: Uh, was it Minneapolis, Miami? Middletown, or Madison? Minneapolis? Correct. Okay. You're a one for one. Your second question. What was the name of Steve Hightower's funk band in the Steve Harvey show?
0: Uh, It was Steve Hightower and the high Tops.
1: Correct. You're two for two. Look who's been studying. Hmm. Which floor did Brother Man live on in Martin? The fourth, the first, the sixth, the fifth. The fourth? The fourth floor is the fifth floor. He's from the fifth floor.
0: Oh, so you didn't know.
1: He's a brother man from the fifth floor. He get he always put up four fingers, but he's from the fifth floor. <laughs> that was the running joke. Okay. <laughs> so you got two out of three. Okay. Like. This is a, uh First Prince of Bel Air show question. Uh-huh. What was the name of Will Smith's mother on the First Prince of Bel Air? Uh
0: I don't get any options. Cool.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Vivian, Viola, Veronica, or Victoria? Victoria? No, it was Viola. They call it Vi.
0: Oh, because there's an Aunt Viv and a yeah. Vi? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: So you got two out of four,
0: right? Okay. What's the other one I got wrong? Oh, Brother Man.
1: Brother Man. Okay. You say from the fourth floor. He said fourth floor, but it. But anywho, this is it a different world? Question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. what college do the students attend in Kilman? Kilman
0: College. Correct. Thank you. I know that one.
1: You didn't have to destroy my eardrums.
0: I love that show.
1: Everyone did. Uh, I don't know. Do you know the PJ's
0: project? I know it was an Eddie Murphy show.
1: Yeah. So, what's the name of the projects where Thurgood's wife, Muriel, and their friends live?
0: What are the options?
1: Uh, Thurgood Thur, Thurgood Marshall projects, Benjamin Franklin projects, Harriet Tubman projects, Hilton Jacobs projects.
0: Uh, Thurgood Marshall project?
1: No, it's the Hilton Jacobs project. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you got what? Four, three right. Three. Three out of five. Sure. Don't need two more. Oh, you might know this one. This is the sister sister one. Uh huh. Where did T and Tamara first meet?
0: The mall.
1: Was it the department store, a grocery store, after school program on the soccer team?
0: Department store. They're at the mall.
1: Correct. So you got four out of six. Okay. You need one I also more.
0: love sister, sister.
1: Uh, What was Steve Urkel's full name?
0: <laughs> what? What are my options?
1: Stephen Harvey Urkel. Stephen mm. Quincy Urkel. Stephen... Arquela, Arquell, Lee, Stefan Arquell. My fault, Stefan Arquel, Urkel, Ar- Ar-kel. or Stephen James Urkel. Uh,
0: Stephen James Urkel.
1: No, it was Stephen Quincy Urkel.
0: Oh, I have no idea.
1: So what's that?
0: I've got four, four. out of seven.
1: Yeah, you got three more to get one.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Um, this is a Moesha question. Uh huh. What was the big cliffhanger in the final season of Moesha?
0: Okay, what are the right options?
1: She brought, she bought a Saturn. She may be pregnant. She that she is adopted. She got married.
0: She might be pregnant.
1: Correct. Okay, that's four. Uh huh. So you got four right. You got to get one more. You uh-huh. got two questions left. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is uh the Parkers. How familiar are you with that show?
0: I know that they were a spinoff for Malicia.
1: Okay. let
0: Countess Vaughn. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Okay. No bonuses for that, but. Monique. Whatever. How old was Ken when she got married to Jarrell?
0: What are the options? 17, 18, 19, 20.
1: Uh, 19? Incorrect. She was 18. Oh, wow. You got one more chance.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Wait, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, that was 10. That's 10 questions. Okay. So you failed.
0: the soundboard was a mistake
1: oh yes so javon doesn't get her black card this week
0: well i was a week ahead anyway so i'm technically back on track
1: so she will be studying and going over black pop culture stuff for the next week
0: listen if i'm going to get quizzed every week i feel like calvin has to pick a black movie for us to watch so that i'm better prepared for these quizzes okay i feel he knows I haven't watched Friday. He constantly asks me questions about Friday. So I have what we're zero gonna answers. do?
1: What we're gonna do? Our uh, first uh, lecture will be Friday. How about that? Okay. So thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Black Like That, the game show where Javon hopefully will do better next time.
0: Hopefully this isn't blowing your eardrums out.
1: Eh, maybe.
0: All right. On this week's That Happened. So many things keep happening. I'm going to start with something happy. It looks like Nellie and Ashanti are back together. That Ashanti. happened
1: with Joe, Bam.
0: Do you remember when Nellie and Ashanti used to date?
1: Uh, I think I was a kid.
0: <laughs> you know, they met in 2003. So like 50, you were already in the military at that point.
1: It's like 50 years ago.
0: Not 50 years ago. So uh, Nellie and Ashanti used to be an it couple back in the day they met in 2003 when ashanti was like in her 20s and you know he's older than her by like six or seven years
1: you know he saw that ass he saw that ass
0: i don't know what that means anyway so it's been big news because they've been spotted hanging out with each other they even they pulled up michael and justine and dressed alike for an event Mm -hmm. so they were in matching clothes Mm -hmm. and holding hands and people are like are they together what's going on so there's a lot of hints that they might have rekindled a romance but it was a big deal back in the day that they were seeing each other um there was drama that came with that because Irv Gotti so all of this came out of verses so they did a verses with Murder Inc's crew because whatever um
1: there's Fat Joe and Ja Rule
0: yeah so um Nelly and Ashanti kind of ran into each other for the verses and then I guess Irv Gotti got in the mix because he did a documentary about Murder, Inc.
1: And, and he was on uh, Drink Champs.
0: And he was on, on Drink Champs is where he said that he used to date Ashanti. And apparently, according to him, she did him dirty by not breaking up with him. She just moved on to Nelly, according to him. He was just like chilling at home and then was watching TV and saw that Nelly and Ashanti were together. And He's like, and that hurt. Mind you, this man was fully married to somebody at that point. This. The, the story around that is that they might have been separated. Yada, yada, yada. The point is, he was not single. So anyway,
1: doesn't matter. And here's another point. In order to be dating somebody, the other person has to know you're dating them. So apparently, <laughs> Ashanti didn't know she was dating her.
0: True. Ashanti was like, <laughs> so. we never dated. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is even happening? So It, it's it never happened. It's interesting. But I do think it's... Cute that Nellie and Ashanti might be dating again, but here's here's hoping. Here's hoping for the best. I hope they found whatever piece they needed, because their breakup was messy.
1: He saw Ashanti still like a look like a when he first dated her. That's what happened.
0: Oh, apparently Bow Wow got in the mix and said that you know Nellie should marry Ashanti and stop playing. I don't I don't know why Nellie would be like you know what Bow Wow, thank you for this sage advice. A hundred ten percent, I will marry this woman.
1: I'm Next. Confused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, In case you didn't know, Tasha's gospel career is not moving the way she thought it was going to move. Have you heard about this? No. So I don't know if you remember, but when we were trying to see where her album entered the charts when it was debuted a couple weeks back, it entered the gospel charts at uh, 24. Mm-hmm. It hasn't moved from there. <laughs> it hasn't moved at all from there.
1: I told you that would happen.
0: It is interesting. So some people are saying it's not going to move from there because she's a new gospel artist, and it's rare for them to like skyrocket off of a off of a single album. Other That's people are true. other people are saying it has nothing to do with that, and everything to do with all the drama surrounded her old reality show, SWV and Escape Queens of R and B.
1: That can be true too.
0: Uh, other people are saying no. People just don't want to mess with Tasha because she also has her own drama with her husband's dalliances, maybe, maybe not cheating, maybe, maybe not open marriages. Because, uh, you know, these are conservative Christians that listen to this music. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, polyamorous marriage. That's, that's yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. That is true, too.
0: <laughs> so apparently, the other thing is, for you to even look at the gospel charts, you have to buy a pro, a pro subscription to Billboard to even see it.
1: Yes, because no one cares about gospel sales because only... The same artist sell. It's very interesting. Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, if they put out an album.
0: So people are wondering is
1: Tam Motown, Man Does
0: Motown have to backtrack now? Because of all of the promotion they were trying to do for this album? Are no. they taking this as a loss or are they gonna move forward and do another album?
1: Yes. They knew what they were getting into. They know they knew she wasn't gonna be no uh Tamla Man sell she was gonna sell no Tamala Man numbers, or Yolanda Adam numbers, or Marvin sap numbers.
0: Then why do it?
1: Because they thought they can at least get a dent. They got a dent.
0: Why? Why even shoot? For I guarantee
1: a dent? you, who all is signed to Motown Gospel? I don't know. So
0: why even go for the dent?
1: Because you're trying to get a foothold there. Interesting. And they thought they could get new, fresh, younger audience. Well, so. The thing about gospel music is they do not support, uh, how do you say, um, celebrities.
0: They don't support them? Okay.
1: Yeah. So if you're not a known gospel singer who's been in the business for a while uh-huh. and who's committed to serving Jesus Christ. Okay. Our Lord and the Savior. Wow, I'm talking black Jesus, not we, white Jesus.
0: Here you go. These are their artists. You recognize any of these people? So we got a Evie McKinney, and we got a Anna Golden, and we got a Brian Courtney Wilson, and a Gene no, Moore.
1: No, a Shepherd or Sheard. We got a. Karen That's Flag their flagship Sheard.
0: person. Natasha, La- 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 something called One House.
1: Karen Kiki Sheard is their flagship person. Ricky Dillard is their flagship person.
0: Okay, you know Ricky Dillard. Tasha
1: Cobb. That's their flagship.
0: Okay. So it's it's So
1: the people who are selling that you're showing that you're showing me now the people uh-huh. who are selling, Tasha Cobb. Okay. Ty Trippet. Okay. Ricky Dillard. For sure.
0: Okay. What I about... think
1: Pastor Mike Jr. is something new. Karen Clark Sheard, Yeah. She's selling. Okay. Those are their flagship people. Okay. okay. Jonathan Taylor, I think, just started. Okay. But, that's their flagship. Gotcha. She is pretty much like break every chain. That's her.
0: Okay. So do you think they're going more for like recognizable faces? That's probably why they went with Tasha? No. Okay.
1: They can afford to do a project because Tasha Cobb, Kai Tribute and Ricky Dillard are, is selling. Okay. Trust me. If they come in and say, we want to do this, they get priority.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Karen Kiki shared gets priority okay okay they can afford to take a chance right so that's what it is very interesting
0: well so unfortunately it's not moving at all
1: people are saying it's going
0: uh triple lint so Uh, i don't
1: triple plastic
0: not even plastic they're saying it's lower than they're saying Uh, it's lower than plastic and wood uh, Wow. so
1: she went carpet Jeez. plywood
0: so my thing is right now it looks like that do they look at it over the course of a year maybe it's only been maybe a month since the show ended i don't even think it's been a month maybe first a couple of all
1: weeks? gospel people don't buy albums like that if they don't know you she, i already told you she was going to have a problem anyway so i'm not shocked or surprised i don't know why people are the people who are shocked and surprised don't know gospel music
0: i don't think it's that they're shocked i think it's that they were like Really, nothing
1: <laughs> like
0: like no movement.
1: Even if she didn't have all this drama, I don't think she was going to make a dent or movement.
0: I wonder if it would have been a, a slightly better.
1: No, time I don't. For her. No, I don't think it was. Okay, and I'm telling you it was because they don't know her. Okay, she don't know their Jesus. She don't know their God.
0: Okay. Um. Uh, so I also have something about pros Michelle. Or we can talk about Ezra Miller and Jonathan Majors. Which one would you like first?
1: Uh, I don't pick. I don't. Eh, whatever.
0: Proz Michelle, it is. So if you haven't listened to the news lately, Fuji's rapper Proz Michelle
1: and ghetto superstar Proz,
0: aka potential FBI informant, aka give me that money and give it to me right now. Um, he got convicted in a foreign influence case. I. I it, this sounds like something completely made up, but it's real. It's real life. So, apparently, uh, he went to a, he got convicted in a federal court in D.C. Over 10 counts related to charges that include conspiracy, witness tampering, and failing to register as an agent of China. It, it, like, what? What? How? Huh? What? Explain. So, apparently, he worked with this guy named Low, And Lo... Jolo is a Malaysian billionaire Lo No he's not Chinese he's not Chinese he's Malaysian. Oh so uh, Jolo is a billionaire Malaysian billionaire accused of stealing four billion human dollars from a, a Malaysian sovereign wealth fund. So he joked this wealth fund out of their money and kept it. in 2012, prosecutors said that this guy and Michelle or Praz, uh used illegal foreign money to buy seats for people at fundraisers, like for then-President Barack Obama. Years later, after the FBI started investigating Lowe for stealing this money, Lowe wanted Praz's help to help him convince Trump to go easy on him. Uh, One part of that alleged scheme was to try to get Trump to send a dissident living in the U.S. back to China to curry favor with the Chinese government. So to get the Chinese government off of his back, they were like, let's give you this other dude who's here. How about that? Um,
1: Trump Trump probably did it.
0: He did. Well, allegedly he didn't because he's still on the run right now. So prosecutors said that Michelle collected about $100 million from Lowe to try and influence two U.S. presidential administrations. Uh, Lowe's currently believed to be in China and did this whole trial by himself. And then in the days of the testimony, witnesses included former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Um, you had a Leonardo DiCaprio. Because apparently low funded the Wolf of Wall Street.
1: It's What?
0: Just, yeah. Yep. Yep. He actually knows a lot of the Hollywood elite. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of pictures of him just rubbing elbows with all of these celebrities. And you're like, uh, I'm not shocked by that.
1: Yeah. That sounds about right.
0: So they're going to try to appeal. Praz's team is going to try to appeal the case, but just,
1: uh, what? Here's the thing. How do
0: we get here? How do we get here?
1: Here's the thing. That dude's probably got everything pointing to pros Probably got everything set up as Praz being the guy that did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and they're not going to get that guy because that guy is gone. He's not even in the States no more. So, sorry, Praz. You be a ghetto a superstar in jail.
0: So, him being what But an- he being
1: fed- he being fed jail, so he'd be all right.
0: Him being an FBI informant, do you think that's going to help him in the in the conviction part of this?
1: He'd probably get some years off.
0: Mm. I have so many. How how we get there? How does it even happen? So many questions right now. But yeah, so that's what's going on with pros And now for the ridiculousness. So in case you did not know, the promos for the latest Flash movie featuring Ez- Ezra Miller as the star titular character have come out, and it's kind of. I don't want to say from the Internet in a tizzy, but a lot of people have opinions about what's going on with the timing of everything. As we've talked on the show before, Jonathan Majors has been in hot water regarding allegations of him beating his then, I guess, alleged girlfriend uh, and how the fallout for that had been swift. He lost jobs. He got dropped by management. He was losing all kinds of deals. He had to bow out of all these engagements. Ezra Miller also has a very drama-filled legal history behind him. He went on a hit-and-punch spree in Hawaii, which is catching people at karaoke bars. He allegedly kidnapped an indigenous child that he groomed and went on the run with he was on the run no one knew where he was for a long amount of time all of this was around the time that they were supposed to be finishing the flash and now his movie's coming out and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of ramifications for what he did as well as as swiftly as it has happened with jonathan major so a lot of the discussion is how the heck is ezra miller being the face of a new summer blockbuster film Potential series. But Jonathan Majors is over here struggling to stay afloat.
1: We all know why, Jamal.
0: I mean, yeah. Unfortunately it seems to be glaringly mm-hmm. obvious that uh, Ezra Miller's white and Jonathan Majors is not.
1: They're two different shades.
0: It is. So some people are saying it's not even that serious. This is probably Ezra Miller's last movie. It's probably there or they are probably not doing any other movies, you know, past this. But I'm also like, are they? Because I remember people really following the trajectory of Ezra Miller, especially in terms of his career while he was on the run. Like, what did this mean for all of his future projects? And for the most part, he's kept them.
1: Wait, wait, what? He's on the run.
0: He was on the run. So I want to say it was last year or the year before. He went on the run from the law. He was wanted.
1: So he's on a run. And he's trying to do a Flash he's movie not cur- at the same time? He's not
0: currently on the run. He finally turned himself into authorities. Or they t- turned themselves into authorities.
1: how did they catch the Flash?
0: They didn't. The Flash turned themselves in.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Please pay attention. So anyway.
1: Oh, he sucks anyway. It doesn't matter.
0: But some people feel like kind of torn. Because they're like, I don't want to support this project. But Michael Keaton is coming back.
1: Was he yellow flash when he did this? No. Okay. So it was, he was not,
0: a, reverse flash, he wasn't not reverse yellow flash.
1: not yellow flash. Whatever. Same thing.
0: So no, he wasn't reverse flash. But people, are, people are ex- excited. Who were excited for the film are, are hyped with the promos for the film because Michael Keaton's back in the in the back here. For a lot of people, uh-huh. Michael Keaton was the first Batman for them. And this he, is also their step into their multiverse for the DC.
1: And I guarantee you, he's good.
0: I, I'm sure he's good. And I'm, tell, uh, I'm sure he's
1: good. I know he's good.
0: But so some people are saying all this movie is doing is setting up as like the catalyst for a multiverse arc. So we're they're going to get rid of Ezra Miller's Flash and introduce a different Flash, potentially. through Because this is uh, Flashpoint. I don't know if you remember what that was about.
1: Sure. This is Dark Man coming back.
0: Kind of. It's like, well, so in Flashpoint. It's Thomas Wayne, who's the Batman that they're dealing with. And he's very much a dark Batman. He's killing folk for real. He's a raging alcoholic. Um, he's actually my favorite Batman. But anyway.
1: Yeah, because he drinks. That's great.
0: Not because he drinks, but because he was like. That's, that's an opinion for another time. But the point was, I felt like he was real.
1: And very excited when you say he drinks.
0: I, I'm just saying, like, he didn't. He didn't try to do things for the sake of pomp and circumstance. Unpopular opinion. I feel like Bruce Wayne is an entitled rich guy who goes in way over his head to do his own vigilanteism with zero consequences. In the short, mind you, I don't know all of the Thomas Wayne stories, but the short amount of Thomas Wayne stories I got, he fully realized he was a entitled rich person who had the accessibility and the funds to do whatever he wanted, and he didn't shy from that.
1: Sounds like every hero.
0: Is it? Superman's yeah. not a rich white guy. He's not rich.
1: Javon, he has the power to do anything he wants.
0: True, he doesn't have the funds. See? That's what I'm saying. So, But anyway, Whatever. that's besides the point. The point is, what do you think uh, in terms of this Ezra Miller versus Jonathan Majors thing? Do you think it's a problem if people still go see the Ezra Miller movie?
1: I don't care. I just don't like the fact that Jonathan Majors lost everything. Honestly, I don't care about neither of them. I really don't. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm not going to fake
0: If I mean, anything. If, if these allegations turn out to be true by the law, because it's true for for Ezra Miller. All those allegations came out true to be by the law. If it comes out true to the law for Jonathan Majors, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say that he shouldn't have to face any
1: ramifications. He did it to himself.
0: Well, but I feel like there should be equal ramifications between the two. They shouldn't do all of this to Jonathan Majors and do nothing to Ezra Miller. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And that's Ezra Miller
1: has the complexion for the protection.
0: Well, you know what? That's true. That's very true. But, so, that's, but that's it. Or that That's happened? what that is. Do you guys know that we have an email account?
1: email addresses we like that d-a-t podcast at gmail.com
0: yes we like that podcast at gmail.com go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that
1: because we might like that
0: we really might and we'd love to hear from you
1: this week's worth the watch It's a Netflix docu-series called Trial by Media. The first episode is about two people who went on the Jenny Jones show and what happened after.
0: There's three people that went on the show.
1: Well, they really don't talk about the third person. (laughs) She's null and void, really. She was just there. Okay. So, we're going to give you a brief summary and tell you what happened. It was a very, very good uh, episode.
0: It's not going to be brief. That that was a lie up front.
1: Well... It's going to be interesting. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) It might not be brief, but it'll be interesting.
0: Interesting. Well, so, Trial by Media, like Caitlin said, is a Netflix docu-series that actually came out during the pandemic. I don't know how we missed that. Probably all the Tiger King.
1: Yeah, the Tiger King phenomenon was big back then.
0: Yeah, riveting. Yeah. Riveting. So, um, But essentially, the talk show murder is about the murder of Scott Bernard. Amadur, uh, who was a bartender from Lake Orion, Michigan, who unfortunately was fatally shot twice by his acquaintance, Jonathan Schmitz. Uh, the, what the show does, this whole trial by media prefix that's ahead of it, it, it's trying to show how media representation of these trials affect the outcome of these trials a lot of the time. And the first one they went after was the Jenny Jones murder or the Jenny Jones scandal, which in actually actuality had no effect on the Jenny Jones show. because she continued to do the show till 2003?
1: Well, she changed her format a little bit. Not by much. Not we, by, yeah.
0: But uh, they definitely got better at their ease.
1: Yeah, but her she wasn't as popular then. I think that killed a lot of her momentum.
0: So this happened in 95? She did that show till 2003. She had another eight years of the show.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people were still doing their shows. Like Montel's show was still going on. Geraldo's show stopped. Okay. After that big... Was it after the brawl? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, he. I I guess he moved on. I don't know. But his uh, show was kind of... But they all kept going. It was just... They weren't as popular as they were.
0: So there was just a lot to unpack. So apparently what had happened was Jenny Jones at the time was a very popular talk show, tabloid talk show, trash type TV show where they all had like these spins on their different story structures that they were pushing out for the show. Like I dated my mom's best friend or uh, married to my cousin or
1: like something. We had a one night stand.
0: And, and down surprise, pregnant. Yeah. Right. So, some, and usually uh, they called it like ambush tactics. Well, what they would do is they would tell these participants half the story so that they could surprise them and get the actual reactions in real time for their shows. And they were trying to do the same thing, unfortunately, with uh, Scott and Jonathan and their friend Donna that was coming up. Jenny Jones put, at, put out this little ad at the end of her shows which apparently they always did. I wasn't aware. But basically it was like, are you attracted to your same-sex friend and want to tell them about your crush on TV? Call us now, kind of deal. Uh, We get introduced to Scott Bernard Amateur through his brother, who basically is like, you know, Scott was just like a regular guy. He just happened to be gay. Uh, He served in the army. And he really was enamored with trying to be attached to TV or film in some capacity. So this was like a an opportunity for him that he absolutely would have jumped at. The whole premise of the show again is that you have a same-sex crush on somebody and you're going to tell them on the Jenny Jones show for the first time essentially. So then we get a, a shot of Scott and his friend Donna sitting on the chairs talking to Jenny. Apparently Jenny is given a full interview with Scott about how he feels about Jonathan and she's she does have leading questions like you know do you have feelings for Jonathan what are some fantasies of Jonathan are you excited to tell him today you have this crush and a lot of his comments do lead to like very suggestive and sexual fantasies
1: I I saw him in a hammock one time I have a hammock out back that I want to tie him up to and get some uh, whipped cream and some chatties and some champagne you and say pour you it saw all over his body. <laughs> I just want to pour it all over his body.
0: Essentially, that's kind of what he says, uh, but not to Jonathan. This is like offside to Jenny Then they bring Jonathan out. He's and-
1: five foot five of pure deliciousness.
0: He's making a lot of comments about tight body, cute whatever. Finally, Jonathan comes onto the show, and they're excited to bring him in. And you see Jonathan, and at first he seems like, you know, really just happy to be there. He greets his friends, he kisses Donna on the cheek, he gets into an awkward hug with Scott.
1: Scott tries to take his body right there on TV.
0: It looked like he went to hug him regularly, and but Jonathan was coming at him with like the handshake, so then it turned into like a half hug. It was weird. And then he sits down, and Jenny's like, do you know why you're here? And he's like, yeah, somebody's got a secret crush on me.
1: He thought it was the lady.
0: Uh, well, well, he was surprised. So, you're like, yeah, somebody has a secret crush on you, and it's Scott. And it, okay, we have to put into dun, context dun, dun. that this is the mid-90s. We maybe just kind of curbed out of the HIV pandemic. There's still a lot of homophobia rampant
1: of y'all rampant
0: socialized homophobia.
1: Yeah, because we all know they thought the AIDS was from homo activity. Was that the end of your sentence? Homo okay. activity.
0: Goodness gracious. So right. there's a lot of stigmatization that comes with this declaration. So when Jenny announces that it's Scott, you see the look on Jonathan's face kind of like freeze. He's smiling, but you can see he's like, oh, no, he covers his face. So
1: he's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's
0: pretty clear he's uncomfortable. They finish the show. Three days later, it's all in the news about Jonathan murdering Scott in his home. And then the show breaks it down piece by piece, like what the events were after doing the show, you know, what his defense counsel used during his trial for the murder of Scott. How the family of Scott dealt with it all. It was it was so much. It was so much. Things.
1: So, how much time did he end up serving? He uh,
0: was sentenced for anywhere between twenty five and fifty years. He only served twenty two.
1: He he was charged with second degree, second man, degree manslaughter.
0: Manslaughter was it manslaughter? Let me double check that. Oh no, second degree murder.
1: Second degree murder. Which. I don't know how he got well i know how he got that he had a good lawyer but it was premeditated because he went and bought the gun got the ammunition went to his house went to the door went back to the truck got the gun shot him yeah so it sounds to me like it was premeditated
0: (laughs) so three three days after they shoot this episode with jenny jones he doesn't he goes and does all that I get confused with some of, why, of how the defense tried to structure this, but it worked in their favor. The defense says, after they did the episode, um, Jonathan was feeling fragile and humiliated by what had went down. He wanted to talk to Scott about how that episode went down. However, Scott had become some kind of sexual aggressor in the meantime. So after the show, <laughs> up until he was murdered, which is a whole three days, All of a sudden, Scott was like coming at him nonstop,
1: nonstop with sexual pressure.
0: They show this (laughs) note that supposedly was written on a napkin and found on his doorstep that also included a construction light, which is like those flashing yellow lights that are on top of like the little stands. And it says something like they round. They don't give us the exact phrasing, but they rounded up to be like, I found this. um, You have the perfect tool to fix this. And they're like, it was suggestive, And he was, you know, after him. And when Jonathan tried to tell him to knock it off, he was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. So then Jonathan tries to confront him. He, Jonathan decides, I'm going to buy a gun and I'm going to get ammo and I'm going to go talk to Scott, apparently.
1: what's the gun, by the way. With
0: a gun. With a shotgun and ammo. He apparent According to his defense, he did go and purchase those items because they have the receipts. They have all of that to show that he did that. But his intent was to go and talk to Scott a final time to tell him to back off, apparently. Um, And when Scott refused to, he went back to his car to get his now loaded gun and go back and continue the conversation, apparently. But when he went back the second time and Scott opened the door, Scott had a chair at the ready, so he shot first. He shot Scott twice.
1: So to make it seem like when he came back, Scott was like, you're going to take this chair to the face. He was like, oh, no, no, take these slugs. Murder him. And they like, that's why he shot him, because he had a chair.
0: So he shoots Scott twice in front of his roommate. So there's an eyewitness there. He leaves the scene. He goes to a gas station that's not too far away and calls 911 on himself.
1: It said he killed someone and that he's, did he say he was sorry? I don't even know he said. He's yes, right. he
0: did. He was like sobbing and apologizing. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. He. It sounded like legitimate grief. Um, and his defense counsel also paint this picture that like, um, people weren't aware of all of the mental, mental health, health issues. issues he had. Yeah, he's bipolar. He has something called Graves' disease, which is a hyperthyroidism, which means it affects him physically. I don't know why that and means mentally, murder.
1: And mentally too.
0: Apparently? I don't know how.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: But, but who knows? They, so they point, They say he also has depression, and he's apparently attempted suicide more than once. They and say a, all of that.
1: And oh, by the way, let's mention he went to Scott's house. Scott didn't come to his house. He went to Scott's house.
0: It doesn't make sense. And they, they keep harping that, like, while it's a bad thing that happened, Scott somehow is also partially to blame. Uh, what? And the the show, the nature of the show is to show how, like, the perspective of the public is shaping how this trial is shaking out. And there's so many people on Jonathan's side. Like, they acknowledge he murdered this person. But they're like, well, he was dealing with a lot. He Somehow, seems like a stand-up guy. he's a victim. Yeah. So he's a victim of circumstance. He couldn't help himself. It was a moment of, you know, darkness that he just couldn't find his way out of, apparently.
1: And then the narrative somehow switched to it's the Jenny Jones' show fault.
0: He, there was evidence there for, to convict him for murder one, but it got knocked down to second degree murder. I mean, he still served a long time, he still served 22 years. And that was after his appeals
1: for is it, true. too. But still, it should have been a first degree.
0: Yo. Uh, so. After that, then yes, it switches, and the family decides to sue the The Jenny Jenny Jones Jones show. Show. And this is where we're going to get into a longer discussion. The family feels that there's a liability, or at least a responsibility, that the show and its producers had to not, essentially not use these people in this way, or to be more forthcoming with what they were trying to do, since a bulk of her show requires people to stay in the dark about what exactly it is that they're there to do. I agree that there's some responsibility to this show, but my husband does not agree.
1: It's not that I don't agree. I don't think they deserve the amount of blame that they're getting. It's like... I don't ma-
0: understand that statement.
1: They're making it seem like the Jenny Jones show was the reason he went over the edge.
0: Oh, yeah, they do say he w- it was the catalyst.
1: But here's why I say that doesn't matter. The show never aired. So I don't understand where all this anger is coming from for the Jenny Jones show. The show never... Oh, yeah, by the way, it never aired. Well, they
0: couldn't... So, I mean, because it happened three days after they finished taping. So the show couldn't air it. They were afraid of legal ramifications. So... And rightfully so. The
1: means of people that would have saw this show that probably would have... Because I guess he has some type of homophobia. Which was ingrained to him by his. We found out when they took the Jenny Jones trial, a uh, SHIELD trial, that his father had.
0: It is framed that like there was a lot of negative feelings by the dad about about homopho- about the homosexuality. Dad is, no, period. no, the dad
1: had homophobia. He he had it.
0: He was very homophobic. There's no yes. question
1: he had it because before, let's take let's step back. Take it. But you steps, were
0: thinking right. this even before we got we got to that part. Yeah, like, I st- at the end, like towards the end of the show,
1: I told you I'm like, oh, the dad is. Home full.
0: I would agree with you about the the show not actually being aired because that was our when we were first started watching it. That was our theory was that yeah. the show aired, and I was like, and yeah, and that's do. what happened. And I was
1: like, they do have to take some culpability because.
0: But I thought they did a good job of explaining why the show was still a factor because a, pimps Jonathan. Scott, probably Donna, they told the people in their area about them being on the show. Because when they're doing the interviews after Scott died, the first thing people are saying, the neighbors are saying, is that it probably has something to do with that Jenny Jones show. And then because there's a trial and there's a connection to Jenny Jones, people now get the full story about what the episode was about and what happened during that episode, even though they didn't see it. So now everybody does have that. And when Jonathan made the decision to take this man's life, he was under the impression it was going out. He didn't know it wasn't going to air.
1: Here's my thing: those people are probably saying those things behind his back already. Yeah, they so, they uh,
0: also say that a lot of people were was quest- were questioning Jonathan's his, sexuality anyway, which is already terrible.
1: His dad was doing it. Was well, a habitual line step like this. He was doing it all the time. So for me, I don't understand why that show would be the
0: the bigger bad back. The, the bag. camel
1: that broke the the, the
0: the The straw that broke the camel's the back. The straw
1: that broke the camel's back.
0: I don't think it was necessarily the straw that broke the camel's back, but I do think it was the spark that started the fire.
1: Why do they say that straw that breaks the camel's back?
0: There's some kind of like old timey story, like an Aesop's fable about a camel not being able to carry it too much and then relates to straw.
1: They love to the spit, but that's neither here or there. Anywho, I don't I just don't understand how That was, to me, I think the catalyst that made him kill the dude was his father.
0: But we didn't find that out till the end of the show. You know what I mean?
1: But during that trial, when that dude brought that up, that should have killed the whole suit against the Jenny Jones show.
0: Uh, Well, that's why it's trial by media. So that's why they're saying, like, even though that guy brought up that argument, which later they used when they did their appeal of the initial decision, because the family sues the Jenny Jones show and wins. They actually uh, were awarded a nice size amount of money. But they ended up never receiving because it got overturned.
1: Because Warner Brothers did a, another uh, another suit to get it thrown out?
0: Yeah, an appeal. They and did they did, an, did appeal. an appeal to
1: get it thrown out, and they ended up winning the appeal.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, overall, it didn't hurt them, but I think that was the point of this for trial by media was that they were looking for a bad guy. And the family thought people would see that Jonathan did. This terrible thing, and see him as the bad guy. But instead, they were like, "No, he's a victim of the Jenny of Jones,
1: the Jenny Jones show."
0: They called it. They called it. Uh, well, apparently, that trial specifically is referenced for a lot of studies in gay panic, meaning like people who murder other people because of their fear about gayness of the gay, and it's it's one of those casebook trials for studies now because of it because that's exactly the argument that his defense used and won with was that this was so outlandish for this guy because it's another guy that's coming after this poor straight man. How, what else was he supposed to do? And it worked because a lot of people's sentimentality also was like, yeah, what else is he supposed to do? Gay people are scary. Apparently
1: I've been hit on by guys. I didn't want to kill him.
0: But have you been hit on by guys and also struggled with your own sexual identity?
1: No, I always also, liked...
0: did you have Graves disease? Because no. apparently that's a trigger. No,
1: I always like the woman <laughs> movements.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're they the show did a very interesting portrayal of saying that Jonathan was somebody who was very complicated. Like he might have had a lot of complicated feelings that he was dealing with.
1: Because I it, think
0: And it was exacerbated by his father being like, nah, you gotta kill those feelings kill them immediately.
1: As I... a matter of fact, I... kill this other dude. As soon as he walked out, I told you, I'm like, oh. I think he's battling with his own inner demons.
0: My jaw dropped when they showed that little segment towards the end of the, this little season, or this little show, where the Warner Brothers attorney is talking to Jonathan's dad. And it's like, I need you to read this transcript. Did you tell your son to kill Scott to make sure, basically to save face against this video that they're believing is going to go out regarding Scott's secret crush on him? Did you tell your son to go kill him to, you know, curb your humiliation? And he was like, yeah, I actually used, you know, an expletive, I swear words. Like he was dropping the F word hard in regards to talking about Scott, apparently. He
1: said the. The bad one. He said the bad one. The bad one.
0: So and he's like, yeah, yeah, I did say that. But what's that got to do with (laughs) it? It's like,
1: okay, And like they absolved him of any like that's that's. That's my problem. It was him.
0: Again, context-wise, this is the 90s, unfortunately. At least in terms of social, like socialized conversation, people are still struggling with even accepting gay identity, let alone gay identity having its own rights.
1: And I also think if it was not the Jenny Jones show and the Jerry Jones show, I don't There's think. There's no
0: Jerry Jones show. I want to uh, really... Put that just, out there. There's a Jerry Springer show. I know. I'm There's just no saying. no Jerry Jones show. I'm
1: saying if her name was Jerry instead of Jenny.
0: Oh, okay. You think sexism was also part of it She would have got off. Well, so there is a part in there where like the family lawyer that's now suing the show gets Jenny Jones herself to be on the stand. And at first, she handles herself really well. She's not. She doesn't fall for any of his trappings. She doesn't really give him full answers to anything. And she kind of gets the crowd on her side. But it all falls away the second day. Figures out how to get to her, and makes the crowd turn on her, turn on her effectively, so that they side with the family. But again, that was short lived because everything got turned over in the appeals, don't, and, and Jenny was able to have her show till two thousand
1: three. Don't get me wrong, Jenny Jones has a kickable face.
0: That's messed up.
1: But I don't think she deserved what she got. And two, she was never the talk show queen. Queen. She was always like in the middle or at the bottom, because Sally Jesse Raphael to me was higher than her. She was higher than uh, uh Lake. What's the Ricky uh, Lake? Ricky Lake. She was higher. Was she
0: though? I feel like part of Ricky Lake's allure was that she was the actress.
1: Ricky Lake got a a lot of the young, the younger generation.
0: Also, she didn't. I mean, she started doing like ambush tactics, but a lot of Ricky Lake stuff was like feelings. How are we feeling about repairing mom and dad relationships? That's
1: what I'm saying. She had like a little younger audience. She couldn't really tap into the audience that could like keep you. Mm -hmm. Because the younger audience, they jump from what's the new shiny thing. Because once Jerry Springer hit,
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Ricky Lake was done.
0: Well, apparently Jerry Springer was out the same time as Ricky Lake.
1: Yeah. And once he found his niche, she was a because I don't think the Ricky Lake show lasted that long.
0: I think it lasted maybe two years.
1: Yeah, it didn't last that long. Yeah. So Jenny Jones was always in the middle. She mm-hmm. was like the least likable of all those talk show hosts. True. So, True. true, true. and then Oprah was starting to just c- to become Oprah at the time too.
0: No, Oprah was fully Oprah by 95.
1: But Yeah, she was like... This is when Oprah was, like, taking over everything. Yeah. Because, I mean, so,
0: Oprah's show came out in the 80s. Yeah, so she so, was, like, an established name at that yeah, point. Yeah, so
1: she was never getting to the Oprah level. Right. She couldn't get past, she couldn't break. She, I think she hated Oprah.
0: Well, so maybe so, she hated her success for And sure. she
1: couldn't even get past Sally Jesse Raphael.
0: I feel like she made peace with that, though. And it was just like, yep, I'm going to do these, uh, yeah. <laughs> do these types of segments. This is fine. Yeah. Keep so she, these paychecks That's what I'm coming. saying.
1: She couldn't get past Sally Jesse Raphael.
0: I just found it interesting how public opinion or how these lawyers manipulated the media. Yeah, really figured out how to use the media to push their own narratives. I mean, you've got Jonathan's defense, who really, really were successful in portraying Jonathan as a human who messed up, did a did a oopsie whoopsie, apparently, and ended up murdering somebody. Let's
1: be honest. He was a white guy. That's why.
0: I mean, yeah let's just
1: get the elephant out the room
0: i would love us to watch a menendez brothers documentary now that we're older do you remember them yeah i wonder if we uh did you know about the uh the younger the like general Zers that are discovering them and their story for the first time and they want to appeal their conviction
1: because all general Zers hate parents
0: well i mean it's actually a little fascinating because so, they talk about mental health again but If there's ever a documentary that we can find for that, I'd love to watch it. But besides that, I just found it really interesting how the relation to that was that media turned on those Menendez brothers. Media really painted them as like these cold-blooded killers out for money. And that may not be the full story. And in this case, they painted Jonathan to be like this poor guy who apparently was just, (laughs) who apparently was like a stand-up guy.
1: I did the wrong thing. Th- I think there's a different context. Like you tell me about context.
0: No, I'm saying in terms of like how media sp- is spinning their stories.
1: I think that was because Jonathan was a gay, and they made it seem like there was a gay guy who came after Jonathan sexually and he yes. went back down. Yes. They did. So being, he was, I think he was in a Bible Belt too.
0: They're in, a, I want to say Ohio.
1: A Michigan? It's well, a, it's a
0: Midwest state of some It's color. still
1: a really highly religious conservative, conservative area place. so he had that going for him and that and Jonathan looked like he could be my son so he had another thing going for him so it was a lot of those factors and because i think if it was him doing what the menendez brothers did i think it would have been different
0: well i feel like we should, i feel like we remember what people said about them i don't think we remember the details i'd i'd be fascinated to see that oh, like a I don't documentary know the
1: details oh, i know they killed their parents for some yeah. shotguns.
0: I, I remember that. I remember hearing how they killed their parents and how they planned it and all of that. But you know, I, I don't crazy
1: remember anything else. crazy how shotgun was the guns of choices back then.
0: I wonder if, if it was because it was there the easiest to get.
1: No, there, there was assault rifle ban back then still.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: it was easy. Yeah. It causes. But then here's the thing. Shotgun caused the most damage, really. You like, just aim and fire.
0: True, but I also wonder if it was like, cheapest too technically it's also like a farming tool
1: it is cheap yeah yeah shotguns are like the cheapest guns and yeah. rifles are like the cheapest guns to get so but but i don't know anything about guns right so mm-hmm. i've heard
0: sure interesting but i liked it i thought it was definitely worth the watch this trial by media i but we definitely plan to watch the other episodes.
1: but tell them the analogy you used for me to make me at least come over to say jenny jones deserved at least 10 percent of respons- the blunt <laughs> responsibility <laughs>
0: We were getting into it, pausing this. This The show was only about an hour long, but it took us like two and a half hours to watch it because we were going back and forth about our own opinions on it. And my opinion was that the Jenny Jones show had some culpability for what happened with Jonathan and Scott. And Calvin's position was that they didn't.
1: And my position was they knew what they were getting into when they went on that show.
0: That's what he was. Meaning Scott and Jonathan, he was saying. Yes. So like,
1: um, you know, the show calls you out and there's surprise and there could be a curveball that's coming. Right. Everybody else is mature enough to handle what's going on in the shows. They just want the fame and the notoriety. I don't know so about maturity, me,
0: but they definitely have. They definitely didn't lean into murder. That's they sure. didn't
1: kill anybody. That's sure.
0: what
1: I'm, my fault. We just had a little error. But anywho, like I was saying. Everybody else was able to process what was going on in that show at the time when they got pulled into the show. No one murdered anybody.
0: Again, I don't know how much about process, but they definitely did not murder anybody, for sure. But I also feel like there was a point to be made of how these tactics were affecting people. So that's what we were trying to go back and forth on, like we're doing right now. And he was like basically telling me, like, no, they should have known that this was going to come down the pike. Like They shouldn't have been surprised. And-
1: they use those tactics on everybody. So if you've seen any one of those shows at that time, you know that's a tactic you use.
0: And I basically was like, this is, sure, they might have known a twist was coming, but they weren't expecting this one. And he was like, if everybody knows, then how is it a twist? And I was like, everybody knows exactly. coffee's hot. It's not a surprise when coffee's hot. But, but a lot of people remember when McDonald's got sued for hot coffee. But, you know, and there was also extenuating cir- circumstances in that situation. but. The point was, somebody got a really hot cup of coffee and ended up getting spilled on them. And they sued McDonald's successfully for not letting them know, for not disclosing to them that the coffee's hot.
1: Well, what happened was the machine was broken and the coffee was extra hotter than it was supposed to be. So the term I use in my head was Jenny Jones' show. Uh, the, well, tactics, it, it, well, the tactics she was using uh-huh. was seen as the catalyst for what happened. Yeah. So that was the 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 machine that made the extra hot cup of coffee.
0: Her tactics
1: were the was the machine. Yeah. So I was like, okay, she deserves maybe ten percent.
0: So yeah, basically it was like, yes, she does do kind of trash reality tabloid talk show stuff, but this was like a step above. And that was enough, unfortunately, for somebody who was already dealing with a lot, potentially dealing with a lot already to get tipped over
1: i really think it was because it was a gay guy that's all the homophobia at that time was even worse
0: rampant
1: so i think that was the real catalyst and to her name was jenny jones instead of jerry jones too
0: i would i would agree with the misogyny as well however because
1: didn't you say some dude from the jerry jones show got hurt or something
0: yeah, there was and a, somebody nothing died happened to him from being on the show. No, it's not that nothing happened to him, but but because of the Jenny Jones show, a lot of shows got better equipped with their law firms and their legal disclaimers. They okay. got a way more equipped with it. So when it did happen to Jerry Springer, I don't know if this guy went out and tried to murder somebody, but somebody definitely died. And Jerry, Jerry. They were better equipped to be like, "Now, nah, we had these waivers in place. We had this and this and this to protect themselves."
1: And that's why they started going to actors and actresses instead of real life people.
0: Cough. Anyway, but yeah, it was a fascinating. Watch. I really. If you like true crime type things, or you remember these very, very bad talk shows from the early '90s, this is one of the shows for you. It has it all.
1: The next episode is uh, that we're gonna hopefully watch from this docu series. Is uh, the, the dude that killed the four black kids on the subway?
0: I've never heard of this story. But yeah.
1: And back in the 1980s yeah. something? Yeah.
0: You didn't hear about well, No, I've never heard this story. So
1: quick little some synopsis. Some he was like a vigilante, they said. He was on the train. A
0: vigilante of one? He only had one incident of being a vigilante?
1: Yeah. So what happened was, I guess the New York trains were being, people were being robbed on the trains repeatedly. So he was on his train. All of a sudden, he's on the train. He kills these four black teenagers. Wow! And he comes out and said, pretty much his thing was they were trying to rob me or do something bad. So it was self like, defense, or it something? it was self defense. Okay. So we're gonna dive into that one. And they go show us what happens, how the media manipulated that uh, story. Story as well.
0: well. I mean, we saw it with the Central Park Five. So
1: yep, or six Central Park Six. Five. Five. That's another docu series a doc, a docu documentary if you guys can watch. The Central Park 5 is really good.
0: Oh, it's brutal. It's, it's so brutal, sad. But
1: it's really good. Um, but yeah, tr- Trial by Media. The first one the Jenny Jones show. It's a it's an amazing watch. It is. Because like we said at first, I thought it went I thought they actually aired the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Oh, well."
0: That's what we both thought. We're like, "Oh, yeah, he, they aired the show. He was he was getting it from all the sides."
1: Yeah, the straight guy gets sent on by the gay guy. But then he walks out and I'm like, he might be gay himself. Mm. So now on top of his father and everybody else in the town thinking he's already that way. Now you have a secret admirer. So what, what you really doing for him right. to, to be one to talk to you or holler at you. Right. So now all that stuff comes down. He oh. goes out and kills this dude.
0: Do you remember what the, the Scott's friend said happened between the two of them? When he was on trial with the... Uh, when, it, when the family was suing Jenny Jones. And uh, I don't know if the Warner Brothers attorney... No, I don't think the Warner Brothers attorney put him up there, I think. Or, or was it the, the family's lawyer? Somebody put a friend of Scott's on, on the stand. Yeah. And he said, apparently... And Donna kind of concurred with him. The girl that was actually there. Mm-hmm. That what happened was they winded the show. Jonathan honestly did not know what was going to come out or who had the crush on him. Yeah, but they left on good terms. Yeah, they, they all, left
1: on good terms. They yeah. all
0: got on the plane to go home together. Yeah,
1: they had a they they hung out and everything.
0: Yeah, they had drinks apparently right before they had to leave. Um, and according to the friends, Scott and Jonathan kissed and shared a dance supposedly, and share and he Scott apparently told this to his friends, allegedly. So it's just like and but it's for me it was Donna, saying that she's heard more than once from his family them question jonathan's sexuality that that got me every time i was like wow that and the note because the note was throwing me off about how they tried to use this note as proof of scott's sexual aggression saying how he found that construction light and you know jonathan had the right tool i'm like this doesn't make sense and how is it suggestive and then donna talks about how they were joking around it was yeah it was an inside joke jonathan had a car that didn't have a tail light and Scott and the three of them saw a broken construction's little workplace and one of the lights was broken and flashing. And they were like, we could use that as your taillight, which makes sense in context with the note. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. And honestly, Scott's brother. What a, I don't know how this man has found his peace the way he has, but he.
1: I, fa- I think he blames able, the Jenny Jones show.
0: May, yeah. More, more than anything. More than Jonathan. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So he's, that's how he deals with it.
0: He's like the first one to be like, you know, I don't know what was going on with that young man's life or what led him down that path. But let me tell you this Jenny Jones show, <laughs> they
1: they had to go. But there's a lot of other stuff that came out saying they slept together, probably. Allegedly, right? Allegedly, all that stuff.
0: But they might have more than just this like platonic friendship, apparently. But it's all, again, it's all alleged. You we don't hear, know. You want to hear my theory? Sure.
1: I think they did kiss or do something. I think he liked it. I Mm -hmm. think he tried to come out to his father.
0: Oh, you think that's what that phone call was? And
1: I think his father started calling all types of names. Probably. It says, you have to fix this. Right. And you have to end it.
0: Right. Well, apparently he told him, you're going to have to kill that guy to save face.
1: Because you're not going to embarrass me in this town.
0: basic, Basically. Or this family. Like that was very much the vibe of like, well, you better stop. How about that?
1: Whatever, whatever it is in you, you better get it out.
0: Basically, just like, oh, oh so it's so sad. And so, I think
1: his dad used to try to beat it out of him when he was a kid.
0: Probably, I mean, I would not. No, there's
1: not a probably. His dad even admits to beating him.
0: He does admit to like publicly humiliating a child at school, like tearing up his behind in school.
1: Well, uh, I've gotten beaten at to school too. Because Let's. you were gay? Uh no. Let's let them, let's <laughs> reshape that context. It's because I was talking way too much.
0: No, they made it sound like straight abuse. Like he made him strip and just all kinds of stuff at school. So like, eh. but anyway, I,
1: I was the how do you say class clown.
0: It is. It was an interesting story, and I could see how, depending on what you wanted the media perspective to be, how it helped you with your case, or because they really. Pitted these lawyers as being the storytellers, and one lawyer in particular was like, "Of course we're storytellers. This is our medium of art. We're going to, you know, try to reframe this to fit our, you know, our narratives." It's like, "Wow, okay, i love that it's justice for all. Fantastic." So, but yeah, definitely worth the watch.
1: Oh, and when he came home, I guess the news reporters there were like, "So how does it feel to be free and all that stuff?" Oh yeah, because Scott, be um,
0: not Scott, Jonathan got out.
1: Got out. Yeah,
0: he was freed in 2017.
1: oh huh. He got to go through the pandemic
0: right after he got out, right? Yeah. Pretty much. But still, he still served 22 years, though. Yeah. That was the other thing that kind of caught me by surprise. Even with everybody saying how good of a guy he was and the circumstances, he still had to serve at least 22
1: years. I, I told you, I'm like, he's gonna still at least get. That's that's why I said like, at least he got 20 some years.
0: That's I'm still so I'm surprised like, by that.
1: Yeah. So. But uh, yet, yeah, that's worth the watch. Do you like that? Cause we like that.
0: Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify, interact, do all the things.
1: Cause you know we like that. So now it's for time for life after. Lock up. I'm not doing the singing today because I just want it to be over. <laughs> it's it's been the longest episode. We we don't we didn't have this year or this season, we didn't have the what's the girl who's the mortuary girl who paints? Mortuary. Dead? Yeah, she, she works at the uh mortuary. She paints does the makeup for dead bodies. What? You don't remember the black chick who does the makeup for the black she her boyfriend was hottie and all them dudes.
0: Oh, she was, she was a mort, yes, yes.
1: We don't have her.
0: She was a mortician.
1: Now that I think about it, she carried her, her season.
0: Did she? I feel like there was a lot going on in her season.
1: Yeah, it was a lot, but it was interesting. Okay. And the people were interested in on that season. This season, I think they're just throwing some shit to the wall and tried. (sighs)
0: It felt like we got a lot of different sides of the same day. Like it, looked, it felt like it was just like a, a groundhog day of activities. Anyway, we finally are finished. This is the finale, the finale episode of Life After Lockup for this season. Boring couples out the way. Brittany and Marcelino. Guess what? Nobody cares. It's the same thing over and over again.
1: They get curly. Ah, ah, ah. That's how their whole thing went to me.
0: What? Anyway, apparently. First of all, they got introduced middle of the season. Their whole storyline was that maybe... Randomly. Randomly. Maybe Marcelino is cheating. Maybe he's not. They're trying to work on their marriage. They get a party out of it. They decide to renew vows on the beach of, in Florida. Only to, for us to find out later that they separated anyway. Like, I,
1: <laughs> You know what? What? They still haven't convinced me that he's cheating.
0: That man adores the ground that she walks on. I'm very confused. It makes
1: no sense.
0: Who, I don't,
1: whatever. They get two thumbs down.
0: They're terrible. Um, Then Sean and Sarah. Also, the only thing I liked out of the Sean and Sarah storyline was that Sarah's mom could care less about Sean. That was hilarious. Sarah's all prepped and ready to get this boob job. Their storyline also went all over the place. It started with Sarah saying Sean wasn't paying enough attention to her. He was like on his games. She's trying to be sexy and wanted. And he was like, no. Then it was her bringing Anthony into the storyline to be messy on purpose. She wanted to start talking to Anthony to get Sean jealous, and it worked. And then it turned into, oh, and I'm also going to have Anthony get introduced to Abby, because I've decided now's the time. Then it turned into Sean saying that Sarah is acting like this because she's trying to get back with Anthony, and Sean apparently having fears that Anthony's going to steal their family. I don't know how that's going to happen. Oh, Sarah also wanted this boob job, which clear. I don't know if it's clear. But it feels like, to me, they're using this reality TV money to get these boobs. She's super excited for them because she said she's never had boobs.
1: Of course she did.
0: (laughs) They've always been small. But we see her. It's like the day of surgery. She's dropping off her daughter to go get her service done. Uh, She's talking to her mom about everything. And her mom is like, screw Sean. I don't care about Sean. And Sean's like, well, you lied to me. And you kept. He's still harping on this whole. She, Sarah's mom betrayed him as well about the Anthony stuff. And she's like, no, I didn't. Basically. So Sean runs back to the car and she's like, I could care less. Like That was it. That was the whole thing. Sarah gets boobs.
1: I was going to use this thing for Sean's voice.
0: You really. why? Why? But
1: anywho seems to me all the whole their whole plot or twist or storyline was dependent on sean's reaction Since was
0: it dependent on it
1: i think they're depending barely on in it they were depending on sean to show some type of emotion sean couldn't show a lick of any emotion he couldn't show anger he couldn't show sadness he couldn't show ups he couldn't show upset. Even his upset was fake. Seemed fake. It
0: was ridiculous.
1: So they had to keep rewriting the storyline. That's what it felt like. Because Sean couldn't act.
0: It was dumb. And I hope they don't come back on another season. Sean I, I could care less.
1: He couldn't do the one job. Sean, we just want you to be mad. He couldn't do angry.
0: I don't I don't. Anyway. It didn't matter. If they were boring. Next couple. Yes. Let's talk about your boy Blaine and Lindsay.
1: Blaine and Lindsay. So
0: we kick off. It's right after the fight where Blaine stormed out of the house, only to storm right back into the house because he has nowhere else to go. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be right after Lindsay gets a call from him in the car, crying, asking her to come back. But apparently, that was half the story. We find out later that Lindsay fully left and stayed with her mom, brought the animals over and everything. Blaine has had it. When we open up, Blaine is wrecking debris all over his property. Uh, that home slash trailer that they're refurbishing?
1: Sidebar. You notice how in the Jerry, I mean, uh, Jenny Jones thing, that dude was living in the trailer park. Okay. Notice how they didn't refurbish anything. No one was trying to redo their trailer. This
0: was a, a weird comparison.
1: No one redoes a trailer. That's what I'm trying to tell you.
0: He's doing something because there's all, all the stuff that should be inside of that place is outside and he's breaking it even further.
1: It's a damn trailer.
0: And he's, he's, he's screaming and breaking stuff against a tree. And he's talking about just how upset he is about the whole Lindsay situation, uh, what she wants from him. He doesn't understand why this is such a big deal when he's done everything for her. Yada, yada, boom, boom, blah. Um, he gets a call from Lindsay who orders him to come back to, the, to their place so they can talk. He's on his way to go talk to her. Lawyer calls. Lawyer says, listen, I'm working on a deal to get you out off of having to wear that ankle monitor. Blaine is like, that sounds great. That sounds great. Lawyer said that's going to be another three G's.
1: That's oh, 3000 human dollars. Okay, I'll just have to find some way to get up with the money. But that's good news
0: basically i'm handling
1: business out here in these streets
0: and then he goes to to their leased place the place that they were leasing where was he i'm i'm confused i don't know we know he was he said he just came back from their i guess the trailer they're trying to refurbish yes he came back from there but he's been living at the leased place because Lindsay went to her mom's anyway
1: can we stop saying the refurbished trailer and just say trailer
0: it's refurbished
1: just say Charlie. Please. Anyway. Because it's really upsetting me.
0: Anywho. So, Blaine gets there and Lindsay leans into him and is like, I'm doing everything. You're not, pu- you know, pulling your weight. I got to take care of everything. Gotta-. And he stops her. And he goes
1: in. And all of a sudden, Blaine's balls just drop all of a sudden. And he's literally.
0: And it's not even that he was being disrespectful. Taking off, He wasn't like, shut up, bitch. He was like, listen.
1: It's I, not I've my done fault. This
0: and I've done this. And we've done this. And we've worked through this and that. I've done everything I can to support you every step of the way. And you can't even do half of that for me.
1: It's not my fault you have a cooch that you can use to get money from guys, and I don't. It's just, it's we don't, we can't sell drugs out here. We actually, this is how hard it is when you're trying to do things legally.
0: But Lindsay's like, you're always broke, and I'm always fitting the bills. And Blaine is like, he doesn't say this word, but I'm going to say it. He's like, bitch, I am in the middle of a legal battle. All of my money is going to my legal trouble. I had to pay off my fines. It's in my legs. I had to to, to pay the lawyer. And because he took all those proactive steps to pay off his fines and pay the lawyer, they can now talk about getting the ankle monitor off, which he also tells her. And then he also drops another three G's. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Which, again, also, understandably, they have been dropping thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars while also trying to move and create a life with each other. It's incredibly stressful. But he's like, listen, we've been figuring it out. We're gonna take it place by place. And yes, right now I'm not working, but this is not a permanent situation that I'm in. I'm gonna get new jobs as soon as it gets warmer. I'm gonna need you to take a breath, essentially. And also, he calls her out on always leaving. He's like, you can't keep running away from me. We have to talk, or we have to be done. It's one of the two.
1: So Blaine decides to say, as soon as ankle martyr come off, I'm back in these streets, bitch. <laughs> Holes everywhere. They're going to be up in that trailer that I just redone. And we've been getting it in.
0: To the shock of everybody, Lindsay actually listens to him and then apologizes for her behavior. She lets him know that wait,
1: she's... Wait, wait. She apologized? She did. Oh, I must have missed that whole. She hole.
0: apologized. And she said, I'm not used to being in a relationship. This is this is my go-to when things get crazy like this. I feel like I need space and I you know, I leave. And he's like, you got to stop. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, you can have your moment. But you can't run away, essentially. They hug it out and then have a very awkward makeout against a white refrigerator.
1: Um, Blaine had me clutching my pearls, so I didn't hear her apologize.
0: (laughs) Blaine standing up for himself like that is a rarity. It was like, oh, oh,
1: okay, Uh,
0: yeah, get her. I
1: was calling, yes, Mr. Blaine. Yes, Mr. Blaine.
0: Oh, no, not, no, Yes, Mr. Blaine. Boo. Yes,
1: Mr. Blaine. Boo. They call him Mr. Tibbs.
0: That is terrible. I do not condone that. Anyway.
1: Whatever.
0: You're the worst. Um, I feel like we should knock out Monique and Derek because I also feel like they were boring.
1: Is that fat girl and little man? Oh,
0: you're terrible. Anyway, uh, Monique and Derek picks up right after Monique kicked Derek out of her. I'm, ver- I'm very sure it's an Airbnb. I do not believe that that's her apartment. Anyway, um, apparently... Derek has made plans for them to meet. And the way they show it, it's him out in the daylight. And then all of a sudden, it is nighttime. I don't know if they're trying to get us to believe that he's been waiting for her all day. Or if they're just doing that for effect. But either way, he's been waiting on Monique to get back to him. Because he wants to apologize for cheating on her numerous times. And playing her as Boo Boo the Fool to her face every time. um, And make her his wife for reasons unknown. He decides to take them ice skating.
1: He was begging, baby, I'm begging, baby, I'm begging, begging, baby.
0: I don't know why he decided to go ice skating. I don't. He doesn't know how to ice skate. Monique doesn't know how to ice skate. Why? Why would we go ice skating?
1: There's so many jokes I got in my head right now.
0: It's first of all, all of them are terrible. Derek is like, it's going to be romantic and it's going to be fun. Falling in the cold is not fun for anyone.
1: Especially when you destroy the ice for everybody else.
0: It's so, and Derek can't skate. He has to go get one of the little kitty like supports so that he doesn't fall. He still falls. But so after he does all that and Monique's like, I'm done, I'm going to go. He's like, no, wait, wait, wait. And he apologizes for what happened at her family function, his calls, the girls, all of that, and says, I want you to marry me. And Monique's like, I came here to break up with you, which is a lie. We all know that's a lie. She's definitely trying to stay with him for as long as possible. But he's like, I promise to go right by you, be committed. I'm going to say goodbye to all of that life. I'm going to give you all my passcodes to my phone. He said, I'm going to give you all my passcodes to my phone. If you don't know, there's only one passcode on a phone, which means that he's alluding to the other phones that I'm sure he has not told Monique about at all. I don't think she knows he has multiple phones. Anyway.
1: She doesn't need the phones, Javon. She has high (laughs) self-esteem.
0: Anyway. Monique says yes. They make it look like she hesitated and took her time. She didn't. She blinked and said yes immediately, and that's the end of their little storyline. They're now in a, a, at the end of the show. It says they're in a long-distance engagement.
1: Grimace and a Hamburglar are together. Boo. Engaged. Boo, boo, boo. Next couple.
0: Next couple. I'm going to say Eris and Cameron. They were also pretty tame compared to the other couples we got left on here. Yep. Eris and Cameron, they're picking up with the whole baby news thing. When we left, Eris had just told her dad about her pregnancy. Cam's sisters were still on their way to the new place. And Aris was very much like, I'm not apologizing to your sisters. I didn't do anything wrong. When Cam's sisters get to their place, I'm surprised by how supportive they are. Not necessarily of Aris, but of just not their brother fucking up. It's very interesting how quick that they lit into him about his drinking. They started talking. Oh, because he, they got him some alcohol as a gift, like a housewarming gift to come in. And he talks about how like, um, Basically, he, t- he lied to them about Aeris not wanting to come to the party right after they got married. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell y'all. Um, she was actually sick. That's why she didn't want to go. And his sisters were like, why didn't you tell us that? We would not have gotten upset if you told us that she got sick. You made it sound like she didn't want to be around us.
1: And that's exactly what I said. And I was told it doesn't matter. They're up. So Anyway, apparently I was right. Thank you.
0: I just, I, but he goes on to say, no, I'm also right. She didn't want to come, but he says the reason she didn't want to come was because she didn't want to see him that drunk because, you know, he likes to drink till he forgets his name. And his sisters were like, that's also a valid reason. And you could have told us that. And then she was like, if you had told me that you were having some issues with drinking, I wouldn't have brought this alcohol to the house. Or you could have just been like, thank you for the thought, but I'm going to put this on the bar. Like, this is going to go up for a little bit. I'm not going to touch it for a while. And they would have supported you. Or and yeah, they said they would have supported him and can't. Cam gets mad.
1: Apparently, he gets so drunk that he pisses on himself or pisses in closets.
0: Yeah, he says like the other night at the house that they're in, he got so drunk that he thought he was in a bathroom, but he was in a closet.
1: So he gets pissy drunk.
0: So his sisters are like, you know, that dad had issues with drinking,
1: which we f- we found out find out.
0: And he's like, yeah. And they're like, so basically, his sisters like get it together, like don't don't do this. Don't so go alcoholism down
1: this is a family trait.
0: Well, so, but they start fussing and fighting. Cam's like, I'm my own person. You can't tell me what to do. But then he concedes and goes, Okay, you're right. Yeah, I should curb that back. I should be, you know, making better choices. And then
1: I, I find it kind of interesting how he goes from anger to calm.
0: It's a, it is a, all well, in one step. I'm hoping it's the editing. I'm hoping it's the show with him being like, Let me check this back. But who knows? It is It is interesting how he jumps from one extreme to the other. But. But they, they, everybody gets cool. They go to a group dinner.
1: Question. Do you think it's a way they edit it and make it like he goes from one, from, one to, from zero to ten? Or the, do you think he does that himself?
0: I think it's both. I think the editing makes it look super short. So it looks like on a blink of a, on a spin of a dime he's doing that. I wouldn't be surprised if he talks himself down. Like, so you, like we're missing pieces of conversation where he's talking himself down. Front.
1: You. So do you do you think he has an anger problem?
0: I think he acknowledges that he does. OK. He says he does have a hot temper. He calls it a hot temper. He acknowledges he has a hot temper and he acknowledges that he needs to work on it. How he's going to work on that. That'll be interesting to see because we see that at the dinner. They decide to have a group family dinner. It's Cam and his sisters. It's Eris, her father and her daughter, Lena. And they're all there excited and Cameron without hesitation drops the bomb that they're pregnant. He's got a t shirt made, which is some of the most black thing black things I've ever seen. He's got a, a t shirt made with the sonogram picture of the baby to show off to his sisters. His sisters are congratulating and then they're teasing Lena and they're like, You need to tell us we're family now and you can't keep secrets.
1: I think that's more of a generational thing.
0: What's a generation Oh the T shirts? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it's a generational
1: thing. People, we the we Black delegation. We, a we the Black delegation are not going to say that's just us.
0: We love a T-shirt and we love a moment for one. Graduation, of course. Cookout, yes, indeed. Family reunions, a staple. Can a t- staple. Okay.
1: Anyway. But we the Black delegation. Gale- gale- uh, black delegation doesn't think the T-shirt thing is us.
0: Calvin, you have three shirts for family functions.
1: To them. That tomb, you wear. I like to. The- Said, "Uh, put it to the court. Two of them from your family. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, then four. You have two from yours. Exactly. So anyway.
1: I said they're stricken from the record.
0: Anywho. So everybody's kind of on a high note and teasing Cam about not being able to keep a secret. But Lena throws her mother under the bus, as she should, as she should, and goes, you're talking about Cam not being able to keep a secret. You told your father as soon as you got to.
1: And see, and these are the differences, differences between the generations. Even if my mom said that, I would have never said, she can't keep a secret, she lies.
0: Mm, I think it's a slightly different context because, and I don't know how true this is, but I feel like Eris is not as there every day for Lena. You know what I mean? I think Lena lives somewhere else and comes and hangs with Eris.
1: think she lives with her dad?
0: I don't know. She's such, Eris stipulated that the father didn't want anything to do with them. So I don't, I don't know.
1: So where is she living I th- between another- the meantime?
0: I think another family member, maybe Between her mom, time and the meantime, maybe aunt, maybe her mom or an aunt or a cousin.
1: Oh, maybe I don't know, but that's, that is true. She's she doesn't live with her.
0: Because I mean, like they are mother and mother and daughter, but
1: oh, do you think she did it for the show?
0: If she did, why have her around then? Oh, if, that's, she, that's, if she w- didn't want her to be like that close to the show, that's a good she's question. She's in a lot of yeah. episodes with them.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but it leaves on a high note. Everybody's happy about the new baby. Cam says he's going to work on his temper. We do see a moment where Lena is a little upset because she ordered like a strawberry lemonade and it's a regular lemonade. And Cam's like, no worries, I got it. And he starts yelling at the waitress <laughs> aggressively. And everybody's like, Cam, calm down. Calm down, Cam, calm down. Oh, Calvin did make an observation though that maybe Cam and Eris's father have a lot more in common than we thought.
1: I think her father was a hothead just like him when he was younger that's why he was in and out of jail
0: potentially potentially
1: and she just pretty much married her, her the younger the younger form of her dad
0: that's gross but yeah yeah so but that i mean otherwise it ends pretty good for them it seems like everybody's kind of on the same page and they're excited for this baby to be born into the messiness i feel like we should talk about ember puppy and tc okay okay so Amber, Puppy, and T.C., we pick up right after Amber has decided that she needs to not only break up with T.C., but move, move immediately. T.C. comes home to see Amber, Queen, and Puppy moving her stuff.
1: I was waiting for the zombies to attack my house.
0: And Amber tells him, perfect timing. It's his house. It's his house. How is it perfect? How is him just coming home perfect anyway?
1: Because the show told them, pull in the driveway now.
0: Probably. So, I mean, so the house is wrecked. From the previous episode, we know that it's very, very messy. But here's where some inconsistencies happened for me, and I got very confused. Last episode made it sound like Amber hadn't been in the house in a minute. And it was wrecked. Like, stains on the floor, trash everywhere. Then she says, it's always like this if she's not the one who doesn't clean. And then I get further confused because... How how does it get to that point if you're not the one? You don't work. So where, wh- how is how is it getting to this point if you're not the one? I have many questions. So all all of that is to say she and TC get into a conversation about how she's leaving. Her conversation with TC kind of jumps all over the place. She talks about how she has to leave because the relationship's not working for her. Then she says she's still upset about the whole baby situation and how poorly he handled it. Then she says, he doesn't find her attractive anymore, and that's why she's leaving. And then she says that she's tired of all the terrible communication between them. But it's not even said in separate spaces like that. It's all together as one thing and said really fast.
1: And t- goes, oh, what do you want me to do? Hell, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. I, I told you I don't know how to talk about my feelings. I don't know how to communicate. What do you want from me? So then, all of a sudden, T.C. lets out this, like, cry or something?
0: Not even that. So she also says that T.C. told her that he knew what he was doing in regards to knocking her up.
1: No, that's a lie, Amber. It, that's a lie.
0: And T.C. goes, I don't know what you're talking about. and But her story keeps changing. First, she said, T.C. told her he got her pregnant on purpose. Then it changed to, he basically said, I knew what I was doing. And then T.C. was like, that's not. What, is, what are you talking about? And it. she just gets, she's even more hysterical and upset at this point. And then she said, and I'm taking the truck. And that was like a bridge too far for TC.
1: He You're not like, taking my F-150, not my F-150.
0: He was like, you might leave me in the middle of the night with this messy house and take appliances and all your stuff, but you ain't taking the truck. Amber says the truck's in her name and she dropped five grand on it for the deposit. TC says he also dropped five grand for the deposit and he's making the payments on the truck. So he should be the one that owns it.
1: Who knows?
0: I'd, I'd wonder how this works in a court.
1: They're going to make I'd them wonder. sell the truck.
0: It's interesting. Even though TC's the one making the payments?
1: They're going to make them sell the truck.
0: Interesting.
1: If they can't come to agreement as adults, they, so they're just going to make them sell it and they split the profit.
0: Well, basically, Amber's like, I'll take you to court. And he's like, take me to court. And she spirals and says, I need a minute. And she leaves. Uh, puppy comes immediately to her side and is like, are, are you her, okay? Her
1: real true lover.
0: And Amber is just like hysterically crying at this point. And she's like, I need a minute. She's repeating over and over again. I need a minute. I need a minute. Puppy yells for Queen to get a cigarette. Queen comes over to try to console Amber as well. No cigarette in hand. Puppy gets angry. Queen checks her real fast and is like, who are you talking to? Amber's like, I got to get outside. She tells the camera to stop filming. She makes her way outside. It's the three of them. She finally has her cigarette, but she's still just like trying to calm down from the conversation. I don't know how successful that was because then all of a sudden she's going right back in and talking to T.C. again about everything.
1: Then they have a crying session. (laughs) Said we cry.
0: Basically, Amber reiterates everything that's been going on in her head about what's going on between them. And she says we need to be done. And T.C. concurs. He agrees. Yeah, we should be done. (laughs) <laughs> and then Amber is just going over and over again about how she's basically is saying that he doesn't understand why she's so upset. And then TC has a, an aside. Once Amber's out of the house, he's talking straight onto the cameras and t- just talking about how he does not know how to emote like that or how to tap into those emotions like that without it overwhelming him. So he just doesn't do it. Is what he says.
1: And zombies can smell and taste fear.
0: But he does start crying because it's starting to crack. And he talks about how upset he was about losing the baby. He had a name for the baby. He was making all these plans. He was super excited for this baby. And then no baby.
1: I named the baby Aloysius. I got some Crocs for the baby.
0: Not Aloysius. But
1: uh, so, I got the baby a shotgun already too. So him.
0: he's tearing up. And Amber, I guess, hears this outside and comes inside, and they have an actual heart-to-heart. And then all of a sudden, Amber is like Miss Support System. She is no longer crying, and she's telling TC he's got to let it out, and he's got to deal with his emotions. Otherwise, he's never going to get better. Mind you, she was cussing this man out two seconds prior, two whole seconds prior. But now she's like, I'll be here for you as a friend. We can keep staying friends. We just can't be together. I hope you get better. Like That's how she ends things with him.
1: So basically, she used the arguing tactic that you guys use all the time. Okay. And she just wanted him to cry and show emotion.
0: I, so I would say that, except that I felt like, I thought she just wanted him to, like, acknowledge her emotions and maybe also share his. That's what I thought she wanted. But he didn't really get a chance to fully share his with her. She came in towards the tail end of that conversation. But she took up the role of being like the caretaker and was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I think she's more comfortable there. So when she's not in that position, she feels vulnerable and weak. And now she doesn't know what to do. And it adds to her stress.
1: Okay. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. She
0: hugs him, says, I need to be friends. He needs to work on his feelings. And is, uh, it's, it's becoming very clear what kind of this, this romantic interest partner pattern she has when it comes to people. If you rem- if you recall from previous seasons, there was puppy. I'm just going to put that right out there. Then after that, she started dating her ex who she was with before she went into prison. He was kind of like another puppy situation. Now TC, at first it seemed like, oh, maybe not such a puppy situation, but now also a puppy situation. So she just kind of like... I think she likes being needed, but then when she needs support, she is flabbergasted. She can't get it from people who don't know how to do that. She actively seeks out. It's it's interesting. What do you think?
1: Uh, I just think there was two people who should have been together, who got together. Because one person doesn't know where she want to be. and. It ended the way it was supposed to end.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: In tragedy.
0: Unbelievable. All right, moving on to Chance and Taylor. What a car crash. So, Chance, we're coming right off of Chance's drunken stupor of being like, you can't hold me down. My friends are forever. Oh, no. I needed an evac ASAP.
1: Chance has got to keep on moving. He
0: wakes up at his friend's house, his friend Zach, who came and picked him up. And Zach is like, You were a mess out. last night. Basically, get you were a mess out. last night. Get out. I gotta go to work.
1: <laughs> like, get the hell out.
0: I'm like, I find it interesting that your closest friends know not to trust you in their home alone. I find that interesting.
1: <laughs> you gotta get out of here, play boy.
0: And like, I feel like Zach is also trying to be a friend. He's like, you need to get this sorted out with your lady. You know, you got a kid with her. Are you trying to be with her or are you not? You need to pick a side, essentially.
1: Chance has no, no one can tie down chance. Chance is like the wind. Wherever it blows, that's where chance goes.
0: Chance goes, it's just been a mess. Like I laid off my job and being laid off my job has made me an alcoholic. The timing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's been an
1: alcoholic for like three days.
0: He's Maybe a week. So gambling addict, perpetual liar alcoholic now
1: all in the span of like a month
0: very i mean well I don't, maybe that's how maybe he's always been that way it's just exacerbated by being on the show
1: who knows <laughs> okay who knows okay
0: taylor has her asides where she's like you know maybe even though i you know i want to be with chance and yada 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 maybe he has more problems than i realized and i'm like word word girl really okay cool Glad that you're coming to this idea after having a baby with him. Fantastic.
1: I think all her problems were she just didn't know what he was doing. And everything and all the signs point to cheating. When really, he just didn't know how to tell her he lost his job.
0: I just found it interesting that Zach was like, whatever, man, get counseling. (laughs) Get, Get right with your girl. Get over
1: it, dude. Come on.
0: He's like, whatever. You're grown. Figure this stuff out. Chance is worried that Taylor is, like, done, done with him. We both know she is not. But, sure, we're going to pretend like maybe she is. Uh, He drives back to the house. He stops in the driveway and calls Taylor to apologize. He's just like, I'm sorry about yesterday. Uh, Tanya would never, we've never been romantic. It's always just been friends. He drops that she's a peer counselor. I don't know how that's helpful at all. I don't... This is so what random. Is a
1: a, a, a peer... Uh, peer counselors sometimes peer work counselor. with schools
0: for the kids. Sometimes they're hired for other organizations. Like... this.
1: Oh, I'm almost an N-word. This dude is not in school. I
0: don't... I don't know why he dropped this information. He's like, she's a peer counselor. She's just a friend. I'm like, what?
1: Huh? You say she's just a friend.
0: Anyway, uh, he says Taylor's the best thing that happened to him. So random. He's like, is it okay if I come in the house? Taylor's like, fine, come in the house. When he gets in the house and sees her and the baby, I don't, I don't understand why he holds this baby like this. He has to lay down fully and then drape the baby horizontally onto his chest. That's how he holds this baby.
1: Because that's a the way uh, that's a manly that's way man, men hold babies. It Siobhan. doesn't it's a manly make hold.
0: sense. He finally tells Taylor, "I'm not cheating. I don't have a job." Like that's what he finally tells her. He lost his job. He says it's because of the weather. We have been told 80 different stories of why he lost his job.
1: You know, can I say something? A lot of people losing their job because of the goddamn weather on this show.
0: <laughs> well, they're both in construction. So to be fair, they are both in construction.
1: I'm sorry, using an excuse. I lost my job, why? Because of the weather. You work indoors.
0: No, you not in construction. Hmm? Not with construction. You don't work indoors with construction. I know,
1: but that'll be my excuse. I lost my job because of the weather. You're so crazy. And then your your reply would be like, you, you work indoors.
0: My reply would be, you use a computer. You don't even do construction.
1: But I have to go outside to get to my job. No, I have to go
0: outside. Anyway, um, he asks if, of all of the people, he asks if him and Taylor can go to counseling to try to get this sorted. I don't know if this is some kind of sociopath tactic or if he's genuine. Because it sounds like he's telling her what he wants her to hear. His behavior has said otherwise this entire time. But out of all of the couples, he's the one that's like, maybe counseling. How about that? Taylor says she shouldn't have to deal with all of this ridiculousness. Then in her aside, she talks about how as a single mom, she had it pretty much together. She was taking care of three girls on her salary in a house. She was doing well. But she was her own enemy because then she married Chance and her credit and all of her monies went down the toilet. And we leave it on like they want us to believe a slight cliffhanger in that she's seriously debating whether or not to stay with him. We know she's staying with him. Let's let's stop playing. What do you think?
1: About what? Chance? The, the uh,
0: couple, Calvin. The couple I was talking about. Where have you been?
1: Uh, I went to sleep for a second. Um, No. Uh, yeah, they're going to stay together. She has no other option.
0: What? Why she do you think,
1: can't do better?
0: Why do you think she's saying, "I can do better"? Like, why? Why do you think she's pointing out all these things that she can do on her own?
1: Because she wants, she wants to remember who she was. Okay. Okay. Remember who you are.
0: Not actually changed, but just remember that she could do it. Is what you're yeah.
1: Saying. But she has another bag to carry now. <laughs> She
0: has, she has several bags to carry now.
1: But it's going to be even more because she has a extra bag. Okay. So I think with the extra bag, it's different now. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I got no choice but to make it work. And he's probably the first guy to actually lying and saying he wants to make it work. I think the other dudes just left. <laughs> oh, well, I take it back. The guy died, actually.
0: Yeah, her first one. Her first so, husband, fiance person.
1: So... I don't know.
0: Ugh anyway, uh on to our favorite couple. Last but not least, let's talk about Justine and Michael.
1: Montana Mills. Oh my God.
0: So we kick it off. They're still in Vegas, right? Because they had been house hunting. Uh he got lectured by Mocha, his manager, about taking his career seriously. Mocha has lined up a live performance for
1: Please get to Montana Mills to, Please, do hurry, to Please hurry get to the sport in Vegas. Please hurry and get to the sport.
0: Uh, this is happening at the Cork and Thorn, which is like a bar lounge restaurant type place. Apparently, it has its own history with reality TV. It was on Bar Rescue back in 2021, which means it was gross. That's what it means. It, means it was a gross place. Anyway.
1: Oh, that's irrelevant.
0: So, he's nervous. Michael is mad nervous about this performance. It's his first performance since getting out.
1: When he got there, I don't know why he was nervous, but continue.
0: He was this is his first performance since getting out of prison. He talks about how it feels kind of rushed. He would have liked to set things up differently and taken his time in doing so to be more professional. But because this was thrown together by his management, the way it was, it's kind of like off the hip. He says scouts are going to be in the audience.
1: Oh, God. That's oh, a, let's get
0: Maybe to this. they do use that word. They don't s- use, you know, label reps anymore maybe it is scouts
1: i gotta sit up first of all i was
0: like scouts like this is a baseball team i'm very confused right now justine has full faith in her man she's like don't be nervous you're gonna kill him per usual
1: shut your mouth justine
0: let's go babe you got this he's nervous in the car he's like tapping his foot and rambling and she's like take a breath get it together they get to the lounge it's gonna happen this lounge is half empty
1: Can I go? So, let's go back to the last episode. Moka made it seem like he's putting this motherfucker in some big-ass club right off the strip.
0: He doesn't say that in the last episode at all.
1: Mocha said, I got your performance set up at a club.
0: He said that for this one.
1: But he said that there was a setup to this. He said it last year. just why you tell me, I I don't need you to be single so these people, ladies can be out here and want you. Long story short, he made it seem like he's putting this nigga in a club, mm-hmm. in a big ass club in Vegas, where all the people come to a party, all like the other celebrities and stuff come to party, where the big wigs hang out and play. Mm-hmm. This dude took him to the shark bar. They don't know what a shark bar is. It's little, It's like the bar. He literally took him to like the bar around your, around, around your house,
0: like the bar in the in like the strip mall, like that. Yeah
1: like something like that (laughs) i'm thinking he's going to a club where celebrities hang out where there's vip sections all over the club there's bottle service waitress coming through with bottles every minute with Mm -hmm. sparklers and all that shit he took this dude to a club with like 15 20 people
0: if that if that i feel like there was a solid pen so and like it's half empty we get to this this bar it's half empty
1: so right there off the jump montana mills should have kick mocha in the chest
0: honestly he points it out and so does justine they're like there's not a whole lot of people here but whatever i'm gonna do what it do mocha is like on the stage like he's supposed to be introducing michael but he's just like listen this is a dude i've known since way back i kept telling everybody i can't wait till he gets out i can't wait till he gets out and his wife hates me Montana Mills. Everybody was like, "What kind of intro and that would have been is this?"
1: The second time I chopped him in the, in, the, in the throat.
0: Why are you openly disrespecting his wife? It to all these people. Good I don't gravy. even care about
1: that. My whole problem with the whole thing is he made it seem like he can make things move, make things happen. And what happened? I'm in a half of a goddamn flower shop. That's half of a club.
0: He says flower shop because the whole premise of Pork and Thorn was that a florist bought this space and made it like a floral arrangement slash bar. Which sounds crazy, but she, it was supposed to be like a whole event. Then you were like, you could drink and arrange flowers. So
1: it's like a sip in, what do you call it thing?
0: Similar to like a sip and paint, but it, flower arrangement.
1: With flowers. This oh. is what you got me into after talking all that trash, telling me how to how I need to take all my wife and all that stuff off my, Facebook accounts, pictures, everything down. And just have me. So the ladies want me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's 15 ladies in here.
0: 15, 15 ladies.
1: I don't think none of them want me. And this is not what I thought you was talking about when you said, said all this shit to me.
0: It, his random behind speech. Michael gets up there and he starts performing. And they make a show of showing the crowd leaping to their feet to t- to dance to his music.
1: It, it 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 doesn't make it it doesn't matter when you can still see the walls.
0: I'm just saying the familiarity that this group has with him makes it look like these are all his friends. Looking <laughs> like these are seems friends like
1: he just came. got everybody who works at the little uh studio to come.
0: It it looked very familiar, right? I
1: swear. But to God.
0: Michael is doing his thing, and he's starting to feel better while he's performing. Justine is living for her man performing as well. She's singing along, Whatever. super excited. Whatever.
1: Michael's a better person than me. I'd have slapped shit out of Mocha. Uh,
0: listen, just in my opinion, Justine kept it real. She was like, "I think Mocha is a better friend than he is a manager because this what kind of performance place is this?" Yes. First of all,
1: yes. So she should have slapped him off GP just because. First of all, you telling my man to do all this, and then you're gonna have him in. Then you're gonna have him in this little ass club performing in front of these people. She should have slapped the hell out of him.
0: She wanted to. She,
1: she should have.
0: She doesn't like Mocha. She should have
1: catched him when he was doing this little self interview with the camera. Two hands should have come out of nowhere and just slapped the shit out of him.
0: Listen, she she recognizes now, that you you he's not he's not doing much better going? friend than actual manager. Talk all that goddamn
1: trash. Talk about I need to do all this with my wife and I need to take my family off. It's a goddamn thing. So, You put me in a goddamn flower lamp. He's doing his perform? thing.
0: The, the The group gets to their feet to dance. To his music, and then he pulls Justine on stage for that magical moment to repropose. You know what it looked like? It
1: looked like he asked a couple of friends from work to come hang out.
0: And they asked a couple of their friends.
1: Yeah. Bring who you want. It's just going to be a couple of us hanging out. Yeah. Literally.
0: It's a nice lounge. You get in free before seven.
1: It's like are going to talk to all this trash like he about to put me in some big ass club. This nigga to take me to a sipping. Of- and paint for flowers
0: do you think he got paid
1: hell no <laughs> i'm at a and paint for flowers for flower arrangements that's where i'm at
0: it is giving karaoke it's giving all of those things coming the to the
1: time. stage next is bertha bertha's gonna be singing uh mary j blige i'm going down are you ready bertha shoot <laughs> the <Cheater> music <laughs> it
0: is the greatest love of all you're right sally but like it's just
1: Exactly. Thank you, Sally. For <laughs> Whitney Houston is <laughs> the greatest love of all. Thank you, Sally. Next up on the open mic night, we have Dorisa. Dorisa? That's what you said? Dorisa? Dorisa, you in here? Oh, she's in the bathroom? Well, um, while we're for Dorisa, let's see what else is going on. Fuck out of here. They got to be a sip.
0: So he pulls Justine on stage. He does his brief proposal explaining that he couldn't do the real thing when he was incarcerated. Everybody's cheering and awing. Except for Mocha. As the two people congratulate them. <laughs> That's another mo- thing. Mocha's itself. left to lo- to be looking sour as heck. It's very much giving, I was the first, he should have proposed to me first vibes.
1: He should get kicked in the throat. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, fuck. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Because no, you're not going to sit here and tell me, like, you got me. We bu- I'm about to go perform in front of at least 100 people. The way he hyped it up, the way he hyped it up, it's going to be at least 50 to 100 people.
0: I would even be happy with 30. We got a classroom size? Okay.
1: No, he wasn't talking classroom size. He was talking like, we about to do a graduation, motherfucker. <laughs> I All don't right? remember
0: him saying that. You in my
1: city. I got you. He said I got you in one of the biggest clubs in in Vegas. He said that.
0: Okay. I remember him saying he had plans for him, but I don't remember him saying, like, specifically, you're going to the talked
1: that. He talked that speak and talk flower arrangement lounge up like it was one of the hottest lounges in, in Vegas.
0: Ah, what? Who's to blame, though? Mocha or Michael? Michael's been dealing with him forever.
1: Michael's to blame. <laughs> because as soon as I pulled up and walked in. I would have never made it to the performance. I would think
0: as soon as you pulled up, no lines around the block. Not I'd even never people mingling the... outside.
1: I would man.
0: And then you go inside and it's half-filled.
1: And that's my problem. The way he made it sound is like, he couldn't get this dude in a casino uh, uh, club. Uh-huh. He got me in a flower arrangement lounge. I don't know. There's flowers in the next office over.
0: I just found it funny that everybody is congratulating Michael and Justine on their you know new proposal Sneaker and Mocha's gone. over here.
1: Sit here. And that tell saying me.
0: Michael should have known better than that. Not in my home th- city. Not in my hometown. In my Not on hometown. my stage. I take down
1: pictures of my wife and, and then
0: sh- says stuff. Michael is defiant and stubborn. Like he's a child, he's rearing. Like you about to pick and me up trying to you know, guide at any. A and
1: R's and shit. You got me in a
0: flower shop. You got me fucked up, sir. It's just it's. He's Mocha's like, I guess I have to take a back seat. I guess you know he's not going to make me the priority no, anymore. No,
1: he put himself in the back seat when he did, when he when you got me that flower shop gig. You put yourself in the back seat.
0: I I don't understand what his problem is with the marriage as a whole. If anything, I would think it would help his artist. I would think.
1: Justine should take over and be manager. She can do no worse. <laughs> yes, I said it.
0: I don't know how safe that is either.
1: How the hell you? For him to have a brother who's a, a a big time producer and he can't get in another club bigger than that to get this dude on, at least get his music on out there. Come on. Come on. I, I'm in uh... a goddamn flower lounge. What are they doing? Open mic night. Oh. It, it could have been karaoke night for all I know. And they've been doing fly arrangements before I got in there. And it's the 15 people you know in your phone. That's the 15. You know in your phone there. It's everybody who work at the uh, record studio. That's uh-huh. what it looked like that was there. Whoever friend they brought with them. It wasn't even 20 people in that, in that bitch.
0: To be fair, though, of all of the rappers, quote unquote, that have been on Life After Lockup, He's the only one we've seen do a live performance. The only one.
1: I'm sorry, y'all. If I sound upset because I am. Because I was looking for some big event for uh, this dude performing. Because I'm like, yo, if Mocha saying saying is true and this is his city, then, yo, he about to be in a nice little size club performing in front of at least 50 to 100 people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I get the goddamn Bar Rescue Flower Lounge.
0: But I mean, that was it. That was it for life after lockup. There's nothing for a while. There's no no new spinoff series until like July.
1: What do you rate this uh, season? Oh, a two, a hard two. God damn.
0: It was so long and boring. So long and boring. The most exciting things that happened with this season happened outside of it. That was Mocha shooting up of somebody in his house.
1: Yeah. And that's another He's not going to be managing anyway because he got a, enough legal problems to be fighting on his own. So this is further lets me know I need to fire your ass.
0: The worst. Thank you for listening to We Like That Podcast.
1: We like that.
0: Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time.
1: Later people, oh yeah